show by fans for fans. My name's Eric Morrow, Seattle Mariners baseball, everybody. Let's get started. That smile is back on Junior's face. Line drive, base hit to win it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Casuals Corner. I'm joined with Tyler Matsumoto. How are you, Tyler? I'm doing great. How you doing, my friend? Doing great. Glad to have you. We've got Indy back in the production studio there. How you doing, buddy? Man, I can't complain. Uh, how about you? Doing great. Doing great. We've got great news. One of the best weeks of baseball we have seen in a long, long time. Can you tell me a little bit about it, Tyler? Well... Let's just start out by saying that I hope you got your brooms out, everybody, because it was a awesome, awesome sweep of the Anaheim Angels. I couldn't be happier for this team. It is the absolute crunch time part of the season. Exactly a week ago, Eric, you and I were talking about that the next two series between at Boston and at Anaheim would be crucial, even to the point that it might determine the outcome of the season. And we ended up winning six of those seven ball games to put us in a great position coming down the home stretch. We, ladies and gentlemen, have broke the Angels' soul here. Uh, they have uh, they added five players and pitchers at the trade deadline, more than anybody else by far. Uh, that I know of, and uh, they're not, they got swept by the M's here this week, ladies and gentlemen. It is a great week for us. We went eight and two over the last 10. We've won six in a row. The team is playing like it should, finally. Um, yeah, what do you say? For starters, let's give a huge, huge shout out to some of our young pitchers, Woo, Miller, Kirby, all had very, very good starts in this uh, sweep of the Angels. And then our ace veteran, Castillo, although he really struggled in his outing, this is where team ball matters. The bats came alive and won a high-scoring game in that one. Now, although he really struggled and gave up a bunch of runs, the key is that he still grinded out six innings, so we were able to preserve a bunch of our bullpen arms for the rest of the weekend. Just a great, great team series. Yeah, and we won that game. He gave up five or six or seven runs, and we still won the game. So that kind of tells you where we're at. Um, and I don't know what it is, um, but some days the ball just leaves the yard one after another, and that was kind of one of those games with Castillo where there was a bunch of home runs, right? Yeah, definitely. This was another game where I got the Rick Riz version of it a couple of late nights at the office this week, but I just love listening to Mariners radio as much as I can. And you just, you, you just can't emphasize it enough how important it is if your starter is having a bad day out there that they can at least grind out enough innings so you can compete the rest of the series with a somewhat of a new look bullpen as we're all well aware of we traded our closer seawald it was very disappointing but on the positive all these other young men have stepped up big time in his absence yeah it wasn't always pretty 
there were a couple games where it just didn't look like it might go our way, uh, and it ended up going our way in these last four games with L.A., um, but the guys got it done. Hey, we took, uh, we took two or three from Boston. We've taken four straight from L.A. Let's go back a little bit. Uh, after the Dodgers series, we've uh, split with the Minnesota. We won a series with Toronto. We won a series with Minnesota. We won a series with Arizona, Boston. We've sl- swept L.A. This is the best we've played in a long time, ladies and gentlemen. That's a really good point. Not only is it the best this team has played this year, this is one of the most dangerous teams in baseball at this exact moment. Now, in 162 games, things change, currents shift, but doggone it, you do not want to play this baseball team right now. Looking ahead, we have a five-game homestand, two with San Diego, three with Baltimore, I don't care about San Diego's record. They're still dangerous. And Baltimore has proven to be a winning team this year. It's not going to get any easier, but hey, no one said it was. Yeah, and I believe that we do have um, a a pretty easy schedule for the end of the year compared to other teams. Some other teams I've seen like two and three and four easiest schedule. But there's still San Diego. There's still Baltimore. Um, I don't care what you say. Like Tyler said, the San Diego can be tough and Baltimore is great. We've got four against Kansas City. Uh, time to get greedy there. We've got three against Houston. Let's take that and three against the White Sox. More Kansas City and here comes Oakland. Um, we're looking pretty good. The last couple of weeks is is kind of tough where we've got Texas and Houston. And I will let you know, ladies and gentlemen, that Houston or Texas has won six games in a row. So they're just, they're not going away like some of us thought they would. Yeah, for sure. And they were on a bit of a slide there. It's going to happen during a baseball season. We shouldn't be surprised to see them bounce back. Their lineup is absolutely stacked. If they can get any decent pitching on a regular basis, they're an extremely dangerous team. Yeah. I want to circle back a little bit into the past, and I just want to give another huge Mariners shout-out to A. Eugenio Gino Suarez, who set the club record with 10 straight games with an RBI, breaking Mr. Edgar Martinez himself. If you're breaking a team record held by Edgar, you are doing something right at the dish. Yeah, I mean, I know that he could be frustrating sometimes, folks, but uh, uh, he's really been bringing it. His defense has been excellent. You know, I'm a defense guy, um, and uh, he's really been laying out for some of these uh, plays. And then, you know, today, too, didn't he take a leadership role with Julio, who was pretty upset at uh, some things that happened at today's game? Yeah, that's kind of my understanding, too, and... You'd need the veteran presence there. I'm not going to say it's the end-all, be-all, but I do think there is something to having another Spanish-speaking person to be able to help calm down a guy like Julio at certain times. He has done a fantastic job of learning English. His communication is nearly flawless when he's speaking English, but it's always easier in times of trial to be able to revert to your native language. Well, and, and somebody, you know, that we understand, 
on a, on a certain level, being maybe not the same countrymen, but uh, speaking the same language. Um, and, you know, he's done a great job. Last year, Carlos Santana kind of took that role over uh, while he was playing first base. You'd see him out there and almost tugging on Munoz's ear. You know, it's like, look, rookie, I need you to do this. It's a, it's underrated. Veteran leadership is very important. Camaraderie and team chemistry is also very important. If they didn't respect and like each other, then it's a lot harder to have difficult conversations than if you have no respect for the person and just don't get along. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I didn't get a chance to see all of today's game either. I was running errands and listened to the radio. Uh, but uh, I understand Julio had a difficult day early and then come up with uh, at least a double today. Did you, uh, uh, how did Julio do today? Yeah, he uh, actually was two for four. His one snafu that really was kind of disappointing is very late in the ball game. He easily made it first to third, but he did not slide, ran past the base a little bit, and was tagged out. So that's just a little bit of a mental area need to clean up. Luckily, it didn't cost the team, but he's a, he's a young guy. I don't like to be too lenient all the time. You really got to have your head in the game, play the game the right way, but I'm sure it's not going to happen again. Um, in regards to today... Teoscar Hernandez with another enormous game, three for four from the plate, and J.P. Crawford with another leadoff homer. So he's got the double-digit uh, home runs now that I was talking about a, a couple weeks ago. Yes, and that's the first time in his career to make that mark, so good for him. Yep, first pitch, or maybe it wasn't the first pitch, but, I mean, it was right away. That's how I remember Julio last year is just knocking the ball out on the first step bat. Um, so congratulations, JP. What a wonderful job this year. Um, Julio's heating up. We've got, uh, what do you, what do you see for the future here? Playing pretty good ball. It, it's looking really good right now. I'm pretty darn optimistic about the team overall, mainly because of the pitching. Our hitting with runners in scoring position is still really low and that can be really worrisome in close games. But if our pitching can keep the game close a majority of the time, hopefully we can scratch out just enough runs to win on a regular basis. Now, looking forward to where we are in the standings, we're still six back in the AL West, but just one week ago, we were five and a half or six and a half out of the wild card. We're now only two and a half games back for the final wild card spot. And now we're only four and a half back from the first wild card spot. That's great news, ladies and gentlemen. We are the lead running up team to the wild card. There are three teams that have the wild card at this situation. We are the team right after that at two and a half outside looking in. That's Tampa Bay. Houston and Toronto and Tampa Bay and Orioles been kind of going at it all year. Um, and, uh, let's see, uh, Texas has been pretty firm all year long in first place and the twins, you know, are, are 
dealing with the AL Central. So we all know that story there. Uh, so that's great accomplishment. We've made up a ton of games. Unfortunately, not on the leaders, Rangers, but that's all we can ask out of the team is go out and win the games. Oh, exactly. We talked about this before. You get to this point in the season, it's okay for us fans to look at the standings, and it's only human for the players too as well. But the main thing is is to play good baseball. If you play good baseball, you'll give yourself a chance. I mean, there was some really crappy baseball this year, and I, if anything, uh, one of the things you could fault Scott at is is how come it's taking this team two-thirds of the year to get good the way they should be the majority of the year. Yes, you'll have a couple downs, down trips and stuff like that, but uh, um, hope you know, we're always running from behind. We've had Texas completely leapfrog us and take over the division this year, but we're playing the hottest baseball in baseball, and uh, the M's are on a roll, and we all know when they get on a roll, uh, good things, great things can happen. Oh, exactly, exactly. So, in light of the seawall trade, we've all been extremely nervous, whether you like the trade or not, about how the bullpen would res- would respond. And not only have Munoz and Brash stepped up, but so has Sacedo. And the whole crew has really come together, done a really good job for the most part. And listening to some of the Mariners brass recently, the second that they traded for Munoz, they knew he was their closer of the future. Now, he had a lot of developing. He was coming off surgery. So there was a long track for him to get to where he is now. But, man, that guy could just deliver the heat. Yeah, yeah. And we just got to work on the dog part. Uh, get him to be a bulldog, which we've seen just in the last few games. We have seen that. Um, and then we'll see a game like last night where it's, I don't remember the number, but it's 30 pitches or something, as many as he's ever thrown. But he got the save. He got the job done. Um, obviously, 8-2 and two in the last 10 games, your bullpen's not letting you down on a regular basis. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. They they have to be consistent above all else. You're going to give it up once in a while, but you can't have it be a huge detriment to the team. We could go on and on right now, it seems like, about all the contributors recently. But the bottom line is, if you're going to go on a great winning run, which the Mariners have recently, everyone needs to contribute. How happy and shocked were you when Cade Marlowe hit a grand slam down by a couple in the ninth inning? I thought for sure we were going to lose that game, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it was great. And, and of course, being such a young person, he was he had a big smile on his face. And, uh, uh, you know, what else can you ask for somebody that age? You know, you'll get some of these guys in here that are older and struggle and struggle and struggle and here's this guy hops off the bench from triple a and and uh you know that's a pretty big hit to hit a grand slam right in that position and and walk off that game oh absolutely and then in the pitch itself 100 miles per hour a little bit above the top of the zone it doesn't get any harder to try to catch up to a fastball on this planet than that speed and that location he choked. What do we always tell your kids? 
choke up a little bit, take a little smaller swing with two strikes, and let the pitcher supply the power, and then he's all of a sudden, he's the hero of the game. Fantastic. Yeah, that was great. That was great. Uh, and there's been a bunch of other great times here in, in just the last week of great hits and doubles and home runs. Ty, Ty France had a 3-1 home run the other night, three-run home run the other night, and he's had several singles and, and seems like a couple doubles for sure this week. Uh, it's nice to see him pick up. Yes, and we need him to. He has really tailed off the last calendar year or so. We need Ty to be at 2021 form when he was hitting really well because the last year, year and a half has just been a different ball player. We need that production out of first base. We need him to come up with big hits. That's what we pay you for, Ty France. Um, that and your good looks. So uh, good luck to you. Uh, looking, yeah, <laughs> uh, looking like things are uh, headed in the right direction right there. So, you know, um, we had the trade deadline and it, lots of people were, as you could expect, we lost somebody we, we care about, even though we did get the heads up this time and it wasn't a disaster like it was the first time the way it was managed with Graveman. Um, I think some people overreacted i tried to come from the hey let me just at least see what we got kind of camp before i um before i just get real upset i do remember the pre-trade uh, deadline show we did and we decided to be very sad to lose paul and and wasn't sure what we'd get back we've got a week 10 days to think about it right now and I, I think all of our minds are changed. I think it was the right thing to do, don't you? Yeah, definitely. And here's the thing. When we were talking about the trade right after it happened and even the possibility that because we knew Seawald was on the block, in theory, you're trading a 33-year-old reliever for some young hitters. In theory, that's always a trade you make. Now, the problem with theories in any walk of life is it doesn't always manifest itself into real life. The fact of the matter is the trade is only going to work out if one to three of these players turn into good contributing members of the team. But there is some talent, there is some hope, and the major factor here is that the organization was confident enough in the arms that they had after Seawald to feel comfortable enough that every single man in the bullpen could take a promotion to the next more difficult spot. And so far, they've all risen to the occasion. So far, so good. Um, absolutely. So we're happy to hear that. Uh, so I think most folks, uh, even those that were really upset, have come to the realization, and Canzone has helped with this, that, uh, you know, maybe this wasn't such a bad trade. And management did a much better job of giving us the heads up, hey, you guys might lose somebody that you care about. It's business. Um, whereas the, the Graveman deal, it seemed like certain people on the team took that personally. And maybe that was the Kyle Seeger wing of things. I don't know. Um, but it 
just wasn't handled in the right way and then didn't help that we got a crappy player back in Toro. <laughs> you sure said it. And I don't want to put much blame on a Mariners superstar like Seager, but certain members of teams hold way more weight with their opinions and the veteran and the leader that Kyle was, if he felt really negative about a trade, it probably filtered to some of the other players as well, just because of his status on the team. So it's always tricky when you're trading a really productive member of the team. But I hope and it sure seems like that this group of guys in 2023 are going to be able to handle the loss mentally, emotionally, and on the field itself. Yeah, and I shouldn't have mentioned Kyle Seeger, but just feel like he was involved with that um, some. I don't know. I shouldn't mention him. But uh, here's the thing. That trade made the team mad, and that fueled the fans' anger, too. And uh, it got out of control. And then, like I said, we got a, kind of a crappy player back. Uh, this time didn't happen that way. We got a heads up from the team. The team seems more cohesive now. I think the team is completely Jerry. Um, we could say Jerry rigged. But what I mean is, is the team is now all Jerry's players, I think. Am I right on that, Tyler? That's a really good point I didn't even think about. The entire organization, the entire blueprint, top to bottom, single A to the bigs, is Jerry and his crew's players. And whether they pick the right guys or the wrong guys, at least there's a cohesive sort of attack and strategy to what you're doing with your baseball system, having that much continuity now for what I want to say eight plus years now going back to SeaWorld right now sometimes you need a little bit of bad things to happen to make you more comfortable with the trade and SeaWorld did get shelled today he blew the save gave up two home runs three earned runs and a walk I'm the first person to say that that's a blip on Seawall's radar, but seeing that does make you feel a little bit better about a trade like that. Let's hope he uh, let's hope he does well, and and uh, you know I think the trade is done, and what's done is done. I like this Canzone kid; looks pretty good. Um, and uh, the Rojas, you know, I, I mean he's a decent middle infielder. He's somebody who can come off the bench and fill that role for you and that's important uh time will tell how that turns out what do you think if tani thought about uh losing four straight to the mariners oh wow did the angels maybe write him a ticket out of town maybe even just to another team in la possibly but that had to have been a bad bad feeling i don't want to make too much fun of the team we love so much but if I'm around Major League Baseball in another city looking at us, I'd be like, you got swept in four games to the lowly Seattle Mariners who have never made a World Series. Yeah, it did just happen. And they had a couple of pictures and memes on the internet 
with Otani looking pretty sour, especially considering he had a really good series himself. But zero wins, like you said, and he is going to get a record-breaking contract with whatever team he signs for. So the next factor is winning and comfortability. Sheesh, he might not be in Anaheim for not much more than a couple months, huh? Yeah, I mean, you know, everybody kind of looks at that, looks at it that way, and that's the way it appears to be. We can't fault the uh, Angels for trying to go all in, but they just brought it. You know, they've had terrible injury problems, and they just brought in five new players and wondering why they're losing all these games. Uh, not hard to understand. Uh, Otani, as everybody knows, I was one of the first to call for him way before some of my other friends have gotten on board. I'm glad to see that one coming to flourishing. Flourishing. Um, you know, and and we've got our fingers crossed, and hopefully, um, I don't know how what more we can do to say that we appreciate you, Ot uh, Shohei Otani, uh, more than any other city uh, in the country. Uh, Seattle wants you to play for them. Oh gosh, yeah, I think maybe the coolest coolest thing I've seen any group of fans do organically was at that all-star game in Seattle recently when the fans started chanting, come to Seattle. I've never seen anything quite like that before. And it goes way further than any PowerPoint presentation, any fancy steak dinner, that the fans care that much that they're trying to sell you on our city and our team at the MLB all-star game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it was just fantastic. It didn't it didn't translate absolutely perfect, so it was a little mumbling. But you know this happened from grassroots, as far as I know, um, because that's what I would be yelling if I was at that All Star game, um, particularly if I could get my whole row and the whole section and everybody else. Um, it was a perfect opportunity to uh, let him know how we feel about him. Um, you know he's he's like the prettiest girl prettiest girl in town. So uh, he's got lots of suitors who are after him uh, to uh, sign him to a long term contract. I hope he feels like Seattle is is a place that, uh, although not home, it could be his home in America, uh, at least to play baseball. And and you know the guy loves to spend his off seasons here. Oh yeah, and. He's been up here countless times now. He knows how wonderful the weather is for a few months in the summer. And as rich as he's about to be, he can live in several different homes without even batting an eye. So we need to make a push for him. I still think we're an outside chance type of team. But never say never. It, it, would, just, it would just be amazing. I, I, I don't know if I could compare it to any athlete if we were able to bring Otani in via free agency. Yeah, I mean, I'm a little more optimistic than you. I mean, look, folks, none of this is even money. None of this is a good chance. None of it is anything. No trade is a good chance to happen um, because they're so 
individual each each trade um but let's look at it this way you know he's comfortable with the city he knows the city wants to win um and we've talked about all the other things that benefit him uh in seattle i think there's a good chance he'll come here and uh we're just going to leave it at that uh shohei otani we want you to come play uh dh for us and we want you to come pitch for us sir oh man now that, that I, I would go crazy i would i would go absolutely crazy and the thing is too is just the baseball fits would seem so natural though we have so many solid young players but it just feels like if we could drop a super superstar in the middle of that lineup plus what he gives you as a starting pitcher i feel that the rest of the lineup could blossom and produce at a higher level because a guy like Otani, when he's at the plate, is always the marked man. Then we can get some better pitches for Julio, get some better pitches for Suarez, get some better pitches for Ty and JP. Yeah, and not only that, folks, is we're adding basically he's had some years that are better than others at, at uh, pitching, but um, we are basically getting an ace pitcher in this deal plus an elite hitter who uh, happens to own the home run hitting record at this point with 41 or something crazy like that. Um, so, you know, that means we can look at our starting rotation and maybe let one of these younger guys go who can grab us maybe that second baseman or grab us that 40 home run guy or, you know, all the different things that uh, we could trade a starting pitcher for. Uh, two good to great bats or one superstar, maybe I'm over the top there, or, or one great bat would come in great. Um, so you add him, you've added a pitcher, I see Gilbert is expendable, or I see Miller is expendable, or I see Wu is expendable, uh, depending on what they can grab from the, uh, um, from the market. So we've got a two-way punch here. It's sign Otani and trade excess pitching for a big bat or two. That's a great, great idea because it's hard to trade our younger pitchers right now because we have no idea what's going on with Marco's arm, but he hasn't pitched in months now. We know Robbie Ray is coming off of a massive surgery. We don't know how quickly he'll be able to bounce back in his recovery. I know I don't want to trade Kirby because although all of our young pitchers are really good, he is just next level awesome. Brian Wu and Bryce Miller. Yeah. If they keep pitching how they've been going for the most part this season, their trade value is just going up and up right now with every quality start. Now, I want to touch on Bryce Miller a little bit from earlier in the Anaheim series. So his previous start, he got really lit up, gave up five or six, seven runs pretty quickly. And then in his first inning, he gave up a home run and a bunch of base runners. And in my head, I'm thinking, oh boy, is is he starting to wear down? He's never pitched this many innings. He's never pitched to these good of hitters. 
so often. And then he bounced back after that rough outing last time, rough first inning, and pitched a pretty darn good ball game. Five innings, you'd like a little more, but he's a young guy, but 10 strikeouts, great bounce back performance. Good job, um, Bryce Miller. And uh, yeah, that's baseball, right? We can think things. It Baseball is a, where the unexpected happens all the time. We don't expect this. We don't expect that. We expect uh, this guy's got a low ERA and we shell him. This guy's got a high ERA and he shuts us out. This happens all the time in baseball. Oh, yeah, and I, I'm sure that's why most people love the game that do love it is there's so much to think about. There's so much unexpected plays. You never know who is going to come up with the clutch, critical, home run, double, strikeout, even a bump for that matter, but... It's just really, really fun right now because it feels like this is a cohesive team. They got a little bit rattled on the seawall trade mentally. At least that would be just how I would feel. But they sure haven't let it affect their play on the diamond considering that we're arguably the hottest team in the league right now. Yeah, and I mean, I don't think the team is too upset about uh, the seawall trade. I mean... It just seems like the attitude of the team is different than when Graveman was traded. I don't have any insider information, but there was a lot of there was a lot of friction on that trade. This trade, I think players see it as business. They know it's business. They know they're in a business and they know that, you know, they are basically told what where to play um, for the first six, seven years of their uh, uh, MLB career. So that's just business. That's a good point. And then we could also add that there are so many more young players on this team. And as funny as it is to say, although we've only made the playoffs once in the last, well, 20 plus years, but let's just go back the last three seasons, 90 wins, 90 wins, and we're going to be creeping up kind of close to 90 wins again this year, you could assume. So a lot of our young players actually have a confidence and a belief that they are winners. You know, go back a few years, it's just like, oh boy, here we go again. The Mariners, we might sign all these fantastic players, and we don't make the playoffs. We go a different route and get young, we don't make the playoffs. But this group actually does have a lot of guys that I think have a huge belief in themselves because they proved it. Yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. I agree with you there. Hey, uh, so who's our closer then, Brash or Munoz? I mean, I have to roll with Munoz. There's no question about it. I absolutely love Matt Brash as well, but I would say Munoz is an A or an A-plus for me at his highest potential. Brash maybe more A, A-minus at his highest potential. You can't go wrong with either. The one thing that we'll miss about Seawald is he's able to get out there for so many games compared to most relievers. But this is why you got to have a deep bullpen. Saucedo came in today and slammed the door on the Angels for the win. It might be... Okay, so I'm definitely going Munoz. 
but we also don't need to be afraid about closer by committee if it has to be that way on a certain day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we get spoiled with Seawall three days in a row type stuff. Um, and this is kind of the first time in the year we've needed a lot of three days in a row from him. Uh, but that's over and done with. Um, Munoz and Munoz gives me heartburn, but he's a fantastic pitcher. Uh, we look for maturity there. Brash gives me heartburn, but he's got uh, terrific stuff, um, and we're looking for maturity there. And then we've got other people in the pen. They find folks under rocks every year, just now the last two or three years. Um, and uh, we're doing okay, and uh, we've made the team better, hopefully, uh, in the future. I sure like the look of uh, Canzone better than Toro. Um but uh, maybe that's with some uh, hindsight there. And and what do you think about uh, uh, JP, uh, not JP, JK coming back here uh, at the end of uh, August, early September, middle of September? How do you feel that's going to go? Well, he certainly played well enough to get his job back to a certain extent. Obviously, he was a much hotter hitter early in the season, kind of tailed off for the last month or two. He plays great defense. He has a good, serious, business-like attitude. And his production at the plate's been pretty good. Now, it's go time. And if a guy like Cade Marlowe or... Canzone can really step up. We've seen Cade step up in a huge way recently. There's signs of life from Canzone as well. So those are three left-handed options for corner outfield. At this point in the season, I'm definitely going hot hand. This is no disrespect to Kellenic at all, but we need to win these games. It's a crucial time of the season. We're fighting uphill. Teoscar Hernandez has really been hitting the ball well lately. So, to truly answer your question, I give JK a good shot when he comes back to keep his job for now. But, if Cade Marlowe keeps ripping the ball the way he is, we gotta roll with the hot hand. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. You know, trying things out, that part of the season's over. Um... You know, that's why we don't change our swing during the middle of the season. You know, you get mad at the bat, uh, batting coaches and wonder why we aren't doing this and doing that. You don't have time to do that. You're playing every day. Um, here's the thing I see is baseball decisions, baseball personnel decisions are made at the time needed. What does that mean? It means that it's almost impossible to sit here six weeks in front of us and speculate what might happen, who might get hurt, who might be playing well, who might be playing poorly, where JK will fit into any of that. So you got to think that uh, Jerry and the gang, they don't make those decisions until they come up because you know what? The day before JK is supposed to come off the IL, Cade Marlowe could get hurt. And if you have all these other plans in place, you just make them at the time. Uh, baseball personnel decisions are made when they have to be made, and that's all I've got to say about that. Very well said. Very well said. Ladies and gentlemen, 
we have seen about the best week of Mariners baseball all year. We've seen the best two weeks of baseball, Seattle Mariners baseball all year. I hope they keep rolling. It'd be fun to start knocking some teams down. Um, and it's good to see the guys playing up to their potential. Um, Tyler, I appreciate you spending some time with me here today. Uh, did you have anything else to add for us? I think we pretty much, part of my terrible pun, covered the bases here. No, it, it's been so much fun. And I think part of why it's been so much fun lately is it, it was actually been a really disappointing season for much of the year. And so to be on the ropes, to bounce back, to keep swinging, to keep fighting, we're now eight games over five hundred. Two and a half games back out of a playoff spot. We're right in the mix. We're getting hot at the right time. I also feel that we have a lot of ascending players. We don't know how good Cal can be. We don't know how good Julio or JK or even Canzone or Marlowe. And of course, we talk at nauseum about our awesome young pitchers. We have a lot of guys who we don't even know how good they can be yet, and that's a dangerous, dangerous thing for teams in Major League Baseball coming up against us. Absolutely. Um, I've had a great time, buddy. Uh, folks, make sure you watch uh, or listen to your Mariners this week. We're hot. We're getting going. We're going to take a playoff spot, whether that be wild card or the division. The division is a stretch, but the wild card is certainly within range here. Uh, don't listen to people every year they tell us that you won't make the playoffs. Every year they tell us that the wild card's all going to go to the e AL East. Every year they tell us that you're too far back or the new schedule affects you or whatever. It hasn't mattered if you win. If you win, you're going to take care of business, and you're going to get back into it. And that's exactly what the Mariners have done for you this week, folks. It's going to be an exciting week for baseball. Look for us online, uh, Apple Music, Spotify, all the podcast places. Uh, it's free. Uh, we haven't even got our social media really up yet so you know I, I haven't been subscribed to this or that but we'd like all your support by fans for fans it's casuals corner good night everybody